This is a National Arts Center podcast. Welcome to NEC Dance with Kathy Levy. In this podcast, Kathy chats with principal dancer Greta Hodgkinson on the eve of her retirement from the National Ballet of Canada, following an extraordinary 30-year career with the company. Greta, welcome. Thank, Thank you so much for taking the time to come in and talk to me today. I'm so thrilled to have you here. Thanks. You're here, of course, at the National Arts Centre to do a residency with Guillaume Cote, which is a project we'll talk about after. But um, you've just finished some incredible performances at the National Ballet mm-hmm. and have announced that this is going to be your last season with them. Yes. Let's backtrack. Um, right. Let me Tell me a little bit about how you came to realize that dance was your life many years ago. Yeah, I think... Uh, well, I mean, I started as most dancers do, just, you know, regional um, classes and things like that when I was, I think, four years old or something. And then um, and then eventually, uh, by the time I was eight or nine, really realized that uh, that was my calling. So I think that um, at that point... That's a pretty point, young age to is, realize that. It is, but I think um, I was... All, I was very busy as a child doing a lot of different activities. I was ice skating competitively and I was gymna- doing gymnastics. And I think at some point, um, my teachers, uh, my ballet teachers had said that if it was something that I wanted to pursue, of course, you need to start very young and the other things really needed to kind of, you know, go away. And I needed to really focus on that. And so by the time I was nine or 10, I had made the choice to continue with ballet and let the other things go. And um, yeah, it's not something that I think most nine-year-olds are <laughs> deciding what to do with their life. Well, and, we, and we often hear, particularly with young girls, I think, that gymnasts or ballet dancers or other sports as well, as you mentioned, somewhere around 14, 15, mm-hmm. you know, where bodies are changing and other Absolutely. things are becoming important, that that dedication kind of wavers, but yours did not. No, and I always uh, sort of say that ballet chose me. There wasn't really hmm. any decision. that I, mean, I just knew that it was something that I needed to do and that I wanted to do. And um, obviously, if my teachers felt that I had the talent to pursue it, then it was something that I had to go into, um, you know, wholeheartedly and full-time so it was at that point that I looked at finding my parents looked at finding a professional school and heard wonderful things about Canada's National Ballet School and um, had such a wonderful reputation um, not just within North America but around the world and of course it being a boarding school it was ideal for uh, for me to go there and receive sort of the best classical training um, because uh, I really wanted to become a classical ballet dancers. And how, so how old were you when you left your, you were in Providence, Rhode Island, yes, right? Yes, and I was 11 when 11. I left home. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's very young. When it you is. think about it now as a mother, it <laughs> letting is. your I know. kids My go My son's 11. almost 10 and I can't imagine. <laughs> so, so what was that like? I mean, just, um, your parents I was, obviously were very supportive of that. They were really supportive and I credit them with, uh, 
you know, with everything really for me being where I am today, because if it weren't for them, I don't think I would be where I am. And I think uh, there were a lot of kids at the school at the time um, that when you go for a summer and you go through an audition process and then you are either accepted to the, to the year yearly program or not. And there were a lot of kids that really wanted to attend the school and, you know, their parents didn't want them to leave home so young. And uh, my parents were, um, I think they just knew that this was something that I wanted and I was incredibly homesick. And I remember not wanting to go to the school because I didn't think that I was ever going to get over being homesick. And um, my parents were uh, insisting that I give it a shot. And really, I remember the words that, you know, my dad said, if you, you can always come home, but you won't always have the opportunity to go. And mm-hmm. I think that that really resonated with me. And, you know, they, I was, I would call home and say, I'm so homesick. I want to come home. And, you know, my mom would say, well, are you homesick in ballet class? I'm like, no. I'm like, well, then you'll be fine. <laughs> and it was Smart true. By the, yeah. By the time I was um, enrolled in the, in the full-time academic and, and ballet program in the school, it only took me a few weeks to really um, be fully immersed in the whole thing. And I was so in my element there. I felt so, um, I was so happy to be studying dance and with all the kids like in my class who were like me. I think being in a normal school, um, I didn't feel like anybody really understood that I had this passion that's what I wanted to do and mm-hmm. I would made a lot of sacrifices when I was younger to go to ballet class and my parents would drive me up to Boston to train and do all of this and so there were a lot of things I missed out on but I I did it willingly because I wanted to you know to to dance and I was finally in a place where everybody was like me and so it really felt like you had to support the camaraderie. Do you remember your first performance with the school? I imagine it was Nutcracker or something no, like that. I, no, well, my first year at the school, I was, um, I was almost going to be in the Nutcracker in the Nationals Nutcracker, but um, I think I was a little bit too tall to be considered for the kids at the time. And it, at that time, it was Celia's Nutcracker. We were still the company Celia was Franca. doing Celia Franca's mm-hmm. Nutcracker, yeah. Um, and also, it meant staying at the school through Christmas, and it was my first Christmas away, and I didn't really want to, you know, um, not go home and see my family. Um, so in the end, I, I didn't end up doing Nutcracker. I think my first performance at the school was uh, one of the school shows so we did the the annual school show in June um is I can't remember what it was (laughs) but um but yeah so the students get to do like a a presentation how old were you when you when they asked you to join the company I was 16 that's really young yeah when I can't when I joined the school I skipped grade seven um so I went from grade six at and down in the states and then when I joined the school I joined in grade eight so I graduated quite early yeah. And when you come in at 16, are you still balancing school and your work? No, I fully graduated from, from high school. And, um, yeah, we had uh, our year-end um, assessment, if you will, uh, for the grade 12s. And at the time, uh, Reed Anderson was the artistic director, and he came to the school, and he would always watch the senior classes and, you know, it was sort of an audition for the company, really, because he would see who he would want to take into the company. So we had that... Um, we had that, and then I was offered a, a position. So they noticed you very early. Yeah. I mean, not surprising. You're well, gorgeous. You've well. been praised for many years as an incredible interpreter, an well, incredible dancer. Did you have at that time um, 
like a favorite role? Did you think, oh, I'm going to join the National Ballet and play this role, play this part, dance um, this part? I n- I don't know that I th- that I thought that. I always um, always wanted to dance Swan Lake um, mm. when I was uh, young, and it was just a role that I thought one day I really want to dance that. I mean, I didn't have any obviously hopes of doing that my first year in the company, but um, but I was really blessed to have um, Reed. He really supported me and he gave me a lot of challenges right off the bat. I mean, the minute I joined the company in my first year, I did some principal roles, I did some soloist roles. So I was really challenged, but I was also really, I felt really taken care of. And my, um, he was very careful to sort of prepare me for each thing that he was. um, So I felt very, um, I felt really, really uh, happy and fulfilled and super stimulated in the company. Companies like that can be very competitive, though, and have their own Mm -hmm. sort of hierarchical structure. How do you navigate that as a young woman? It's true. There was definitely that hierarchy in the company. Um, I think... I was a little bit like uh, a little naive <laughs> when I joined naturally at um, at such a young age and I think I didn't um, I tried to just sort of nose to the grindstone work really hard and and hope and trust that in the end like the work and and like people would see that I deserved to have the opportunities that I had and I think I didn't notice so much. I was also in a really as competitive as it was it was also very supportive and I had a lot of senior members of the company and soloists and even principals like help me and mentor me along the way like just if I was sharing a role with them like it wasn't it's not so cutthroat you know it's not like I think what a lot of people maybe think a ballet company is like Mm and um, I found that to be uh, to be really helpful who were your mentors at the time you were dancing at the same in sort of an earlier generation than than who than Karen for example Karen Kane yeah she was still dancing when I joined the company Um, obviously there was uh, the roster of principals was um, you know Margaret Illman and Gisela Witkowski was still dancing and people like that obviously so many um, dancers to look up to and learn from at that time Um, men and women um, so I think well one of my from very very early on I had the wonderful opportunity to from my first year in the company work with Magdalena Popa who's been a principal ballet mistress there before my time um, and she basically has been working with me since I was 16 years old and amazing. she it really is and I mean the the level of trust and um you know, I just have so much, um, there's not enough I can say about what she's done for me in my career. I don't know that people realize that. It's like a, it's like an athlete, right? You have your own trainer, somebody who understands your body, how you tick, how you partner. Yeah. That's, that's a very special relationship. And the fact that you've been able to do that with her for so long, it's, it's contributes a lot to your performance. I, you know, I've known you for a very long time. I've, I've been so blessed to have you dance on the stage of the National Arts Centre many, many times when reading about you to prepare for our talk. People can't say enough about you. Gifted interpreter, instinctive collaborator, technically proficient, sublime, chameleon, fearless, a dancer of incredible charisma. Oh my! It's incredible. Who have you I talked can, to? Oh, I've just been reading about you. <laughs> oh. Does, do, do you feel that when you're when you're out there with an audience? Does an audience reaction do you, when you're pro- actually performing one of these big roles? Are you so in your own bubble to get everything right, or do you really feel whether the audience is with you? I think it's a little bit of both. I th- definitely, I'm in my own bubble, and I try well. 
within the stage because I also feed a lot off of the people on stage. I love like be reacting to people in the company and um, the other dancers on the stage. Of course, my partner. It's live performance. You know, you can't help but feel the energy and the response of the audience. And sometimes it's um, it's that you can hear a pin drop out there. You know, mm -hmm. they're so enraptured with with the performance. And you know, other times there's like there's you know audible reactions from them and um it's it's the wonderful thing about live performance you know that you can sort of really feel the the tension and the energy and the excitement in the theater do you have something that you do sort of as a pre-show ritual yes i'm quite superstitious actually <laughs> i um, always wonder about that yes, something you can share with I us do, well yeah i mean i i have the same routine um i should say before a performance i i generally get to the theater very early. I like to be sort of in that frame of mind. So it doesn't matter if I'm doing a full length or a piece on a mix program. I like to be in the theater for, you know, at least a few hours before the show to sort of get my mind off of whatever has happened at home or outside <laughs> of the theater. Um, and then, um, you know, I always put my makeup on the same way <laughs> in terms of like uh, order. And then my warm up ritual is pretty much the same um, and really doesn't vary that much depending on the ballet like I like to sort of um, spend a lot of time warming up so I get into the studio pretty early um, for that and then I'll spend a few at least a half an hour before I'm scheduled to go on reviewing the repertoire that uh, I'll be dancing that night so it's pretty similar That's every amazing. show. Yeah. You became a principal dancer in 1996 mm -hmm. so this is yes. <laughs> several decades that you've been at this mm -hmm. doing some of these great classics. Would you say that Swan Lake is still one of your favorite? Oh yeah. Classical roles? One of my favorites, I, think it's, yeah. I think there's something a lot of dancers love about that is it is it the dual characters that you get to play it's that it's the music it's I think it's sort of for me Swan Lake and Giselle are kind of the epitome of the classical rep where mm -hmm. I mean one of the things when I was younger particularly that attracted me to Swan Lake of course it's what everybody thinks ballet is mm -hmm. in a way but it's also it's a huge challenge I mean I would say it's the hardest classical mm. ballet um it's a big emotional arc too what the character yes. goes through from beginning to end and, absolutely yeah. and to be able to play two characters and to have the technical challenges as well as the emotional ones i mean it's sort of everything and um the music of course is glorious so it's uh yeah it's it's one of my it's it's right up there <laughs> i'm curious about about other things because you've been you've been with the national ballet for a long time doing some of these major roles but then mm -hmm. you've also guested with a mm -hmm. lot of companies so do you come into you've guested with mariinsky Teatro a la Scala, Australian Ballet. Do you come into these companies and have to change the way you do, let's say, the main role in Swan Lake or mm -hmm. Sleeping Beauty because of their own structure or their own interpretation? Or are they bringing you in to do what you do what also I at do. the National Ballet? No, generally, you, if you're invited as a guest, like I toured Japan with um, Tetsuya Kumakawa in Swan Lake. And so when I went, I mean, you know, I'd spent years doing a couple of other versions and so but when you go there you have to learn their version so then you have to change the choreography and um, oftentimes that means changing the interpretation um, depending on what is required for their production um, but yeah and that's kind of the fun thing about going and guesting around um, the world because you get to kind of experience different approaches different choreography different partners you know the energy is always different in a company and I think being a guest 
you're treated differently, of course, mm-hmm. because you're only there for a certain amount of time and there's this sort of new everybody's looking at the new person and <laughs> you know it, it's um it's uh so it's a very different uh, a very different thing now you've also had the great fortune i mean I, I think people realize that classical ballet has changed an awful lot over the last 30 or 40 years and mm-hmm. many contemporary ballet choreographers have been using the basis of the technique but to do things that are quite mm-hmm. different than than the classics and you've had an opportunity to work with many of them can you talk a little bit about what that's like to work with Forsyth or Wayne McGregor oh or it's so, each of it's, them are very different yeah, I know very but different and I mean I have to say that um that working with choreographers and doing such a wide range of repertoire I mean the the repertoire for the National Ballet of Canada is one of the reasons why I wanted to join the company is it's so diverse and um, from the beginning you know since I joined doing things like uh, Killian and Tetley and Forsyth and all those you know McGregor and all of those choreographers has been um, it's been a huge part of my career so and I know we all talk about the classics because they're sort of the staple of a classical ballet company but I mean I would say that um, creating roles and working with these different choreographers is is at least half, if not more, of what I, I've done in my career, and it's such a huge part of my career. So they've really made me the dancer help that I am, you know, and they inform as much as they have are a departure from the classical um, ballets. They've really informed a lot of my classical work and working in a different way, um, exploring different movements and different ways of moving has like really, I feel, made me such a more well-rounded dancer. And I think if you I, I think any dancer would say that, you know, if you're only doing one kind of, of repertoire or one kind of dance, it's it's quite limiting, you know, and I think you can't really grow the same way as when you're working with, I mean, and, you know, we're speaking about, you know, the geniuses of <laughs> choreography. Absolutely. So it's, it's been yeah. really wonderful. And each one, like I say, has informed me in a different way and... I just feel I feel so uh, lucky and privileged to have been um, to have been around at a time when those choreographers were creating some of the roles that now are being done around the world, you know. So, um, so that's been nice. <laughs> so, you, so you have an interesting yeah. perspective on actually how ballet has changed over the years. Yeah. What would you say about that? I mean, people people I think you know they think ballet is ballet, and in fact. It really is much the spectrum of what's possible with a classical training is is much wider oh, than it used to be. I mean, even given you know, even when you think about someone like Alexei Ratmansky, who's doing really classical um, ballets and and uh, but is adding so much more to them now. Like it's 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 a different. Um, he it's funny because he's historically going back to almost the way things. Um, started in terms of like um, researching the or- origins of the a lot of the classical works, but mm-hmm. then informing them with a real, um, with his own sense of like what's what's possible now mm-hmm. in terms of what we're able to do. I mean, we're able to do so much more now. You mean in the bodies? Yeah, more absolutely. Technique. Uh-huh. More technique. Um, yeah, absolutely. Is that because of the training? It's like any athlete, right? Like athletes today are able to do more and we're training differently and bigger faster stronger mm-hmm. you know and dancers all you need to do is look online and you see these crazy dancers doing <laughs> doing crazy things that you know have haven't been done or you know 
um, more jumps and more turns and all of it. So for sure, we're we're pushing the envelope. I think physically of what's possible. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a rigorous that. lifestyle con- mm-hmm. continually, mm-hmm. and and you've also gone on to have two children. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you you met uh, Etienne Levine, your partner at the ballet, mm-hmm. right? Yes, at the and you now have two kids. So, of course, I'm so curious because I ask myself this question every morning of my life. How do you balance that out? its I don't think people realize how, no. how tricky that is, right? Yeah, it is. It's not, of course, it's not easy. And um, it's uh, with both of our families, not in Toronto where we're based, it's, it is quite difficult. I mean, we have a wonderful caregiver for our, for our kids that we couldn't do it without. I don't really think there is such thing as a balance. I think something always has to give you know and um, there have been times when you know I've had to leave work or do things because I'm needed and other times when you know I I miss out on things that um, I'd like to be involved in with my children and I think uh, I just hope that in the end they see that uh, what I'm doing and the passion for what I have is something that I hope that they um, that they also find something that they're as passionate about in life and that they're willing to make sacrifices for. And like, I think it's, um, it's just a natural thing that like something has to give when you have such a busy, um, a busy lifestyle, but also, um, the hardest, the hard thing too, is that dance isn't a nine to five type of job. So of course our performances end very late. We start again very early in the morning. Um, the physical toll that it takes on me to do what I have to do, like I'm pretty tired, not just mentally, but physically. So there's certain things that I can't be involved in or, you know, Mm -hmm. that I'd like to. So, Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, it all kind of part and parcel too. They must, they <laughs> must be pretty darn proud of you though yeah, too. I, I think mean, they, they probably are. see your your photograph on the cover of magazines and mm-hmm. in the newspapers and things like that, and they have a they must have a sense even at their young age that their mothers. Yeah, I mean, my son especially at school, like he had he actually had a program for Giselle, which we just did at mm-hmm. school, and. Um, he didn't have it another girl in in the school had it and he walked by and he just totally matter of fact he was like that's my mom and she went no it's not he goes yeah it is that's my mom and it was she just couldn't even believe it and he is really proud like I think he gets it because he's you know nine he's going on ten so he he understands it a little bit more but it's interesting them growing up behind the scenes um it's also a little bit old hat like he's seen it a lot and he's you know he sees me coming out of the egg and nutcracker and it's just another day for mom so it's not it doesn't quite have the same effect on them but I think he is I think in the end he's proud do you think that your kids have a leaning towards the performing arts as a result of yours and Etienne's lives uh I don't think that it's something I mean my daughter's only three so who knows what she's going to end up doing or being but I think my son doesn't really have an interest in being in the performing arts Mm -hmm. or at least dance but uh what I love about the fact that he's been exposed to it his whole life and he's um he loves it he loves coming to the performances he really appreciates what what I do and what the company does and that's all I really wanted want for them is I just want them to appreciate it and they don't need to do it they don't have to you know but yeah I'm happy that he that he loves it as much as he does exactly yeah. no that's that's really important mm-hmm. do you um do you have a way to sort of explain um the, 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 I don't know if it's an addiction or the incredible commitment that you've had. I mean, you've been at this a very long time mm-hmm. and still at the top of your game. How do you describe that longevity? 
I mean, is it really about how long your body can take it or is it about... Well, for sure, part of it is that because I think, obviously, it's, it's an extremely grueling um, physical physical demanding physically demanding uh career with with it with a performance quality that somehow says to the audience this is easy mm-hmm. you know unlike watching a hockey player right. or you know where, where you right. realize the brutality of it or yeah. something you know yeah, you definitely need to hide the effort there absolutely um, but um yeah so for sure uh, you know a big part of that is is the physical um you know just ability to continue but even more than that is i think the mental um discipline that it takes to keep going especially as you get older and as certain things get get harder they don't get easier I mean there are a lot of ballets that are now just in my muscles and in my body I've performed them for 25 30 years so you know the thought to do them isn't the same but physically they're they're still just as difficult and I think um, you know it's it's the discipline to train every day and as you get older you need to train more not less so that sort of mental like day in and day out um it needs it just needs to be there and um in the end i feel like what's kept me going is that i still have this incredible like passion to um not just do the roles that i've done but also to create new things and i've had such an amazing um opportunity and uh luck really to be with choreographers like Guillaume where I can you know just I I mean hours pass in the studio where we're working and I'm just like really three hours went by and (laughs) you know it's just it's wonderful and that's really like it's really stimulating and it's really exciting and it's you know you you need to still have that as you get older because I think if you get stuck in this rut of just doing the same work over and over and over again it's hard to push through all the pain and all the you know the sacrifice and all the the difficult you know um, things that it that it is as you get older. So did you was it a long hard decision that this would be your final season? A long decision, yes, um, and of course hard because uh, it's. I think it's always hard to kind of think about the end, um, but uh, it was a wonderful process for me to have someone like Karen our director to um, to talk with over the years about it you know I brought this I brought up the the sort of idea of like of retiring as a principal dancer um, at least a few years ago and I think she was a little shocked when I first brought it up because she was like well you're not ready to retire I I know I'm not ready right now but you know the years go by so fast and and before you know it you know it's staring you in the face and I felt like I didn't want to be I really wanted to have someone that I could talk to and who understood what I was going through. I knew she would understand. I knew she would be supportive. And I knew that she would do everything she could to make it as as smooth and as, um, you know, pain-free as possible Mm -hmm. for me. Um, And that's exactly what's what's happened. So I feel so incredibly uh, lucky that I had someone like that to sort of guide me through this transition. And part of the thing that's made it um, you know, a little bit easier is knowing that I'm going to, I will continue dancing. I have other projects. I have other things that I want to do. So it's not a total end to performing and, mm-hmm. you know, that, you know, I take my shoes off and the curtain comes down and I'm never going to step on stage again. Mm-hmm. So I think it's made it, it's made it a little bit easier. And, and also knowing really in my heart that it's the right thing at the right time. And so is sort of sad as it is to say goodbye to a certain part of my career, um, 
it's uh, it's really exciting, and I'm I'm looking forward to the next chapter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, before you get into the next chapter, your <laughs> final performances yeah. with the National Ballet are in the role of Marguerite in Frederick Ashton's Marguerite and yes. Armand. That's possibly a lesser known ballet than some of the others. I know, What's but it it's like? brilliant. Yes, I know. Um, I've wanted to do it for uh, for a few years. Will this be your first time doing yes. it? Yes. Oh, okay. I didn't uh, it was that. kind of one of the things that I I really wanted. Um, I wanted to do something new for my last thing. That's fantastic. I didn't want to do anything that had, um, I don't know, any memories for me, like how I used to dance it or how it was and how I just, I really wanted, and it's not often for me to be doing a debut in a classical ballet because I've done pretty much yes. everything. So it feels a little bit like this is such a nice um, a nice thing for me to, um, you know, dive into at this point in my career. And it really is, it's, a, it's such a gem of a ballet. It's a, such a beautiful story uh, wrapped into about 40 minutes. And I felt like it was sort of everything that I love about ballet it was kind of why I wanted to be a ballet dancer was a ballet like this it's classical it's got a gorgeous story the potters are glorious the music is amazing so it just has everything all in this little gem of a piece that's fantastic I'm looking forward to that so let's talk a little bit about the next chapter of your life Um, I've mentioned earlier that I'm so thrilled you're going to be dancing with Guillaume Cote's ballet Crypto that will have uh, a Montreal run and a Toronto run in the spring of 20 and then um, be with us next season as well as other places I know. What's that been like? I mean, you've you've been amused for Guillaume Cote uh, before with some solo work and some group work that he did. Mm -hmm. So that's a whole other chapter of your life. Let's talk about that a bit. Yeah, I'm I'm so excited. Um, It's an amazing team that uh, he's assembled and you know, Guillaume and I have been working together for a few, quite a few years now. I don't just love dancing his work. I mean, that sounds so <laughs> simple, but I feel like it's also um, it's wonderful to be the work with someone and create, bring to fruition something that an idea that they have, and he's full of ideas. <laughs> he's got a million ideas, so it's wonderful. I find it really uh, creatively um, stimulating and exciting to be working with him. So. Do you contribute to the choreography, the actual making of the steps? He can create steps for days. He doesn't need me, but I do. <laughs> but I do um, a little bit. I I'm think just wondering I, if we're going to yeah. see, you know, Greta the no, choreographer no, come out no, in the next no, five or so years. No. I mean, well, I, I... Never I, say I, never. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I sort of... Yeah, I mean, I will... I sort of help the way that I feel like I can. I mean, if he's... I know that... I know him well enough now that if he's... He's got this idea and he's going through... Um, he's going through vocabulary. Um, if there's a way that I can help with transitions or if I can... You know, if he's like, I see something over there and I, I definitely put out suggestions and especially if we're working on a pot de together, there are def- certainly lifts and things like that that we'll improvise and we've worked... We've danced together for more than 20 years so we know each other so well as dancers as well and I think that makes a, a big difference. I do contribute but I, I would never take credit for any of the <laughs> any of the uh, choreography well a lot of um really key principal dancers from the national ballet when they've stopped dancing have mm-hmm. remained in some role or another with the company mm-hmm. do we watch for greta to be somehow involved in some staging or rehearsing i or? hope so um i definitely feel like there's a lot 
obviously I have a vast knowledge of the National Ballet and, and its repertoire and its traditions, and I, I hope to continue that for sure. Um, I feel like I have a responsibility to give back to to the art form and to the company. I've, I've benefited so much and had so many opportunities afforded to me, and I, I do feel like I, I want to... I want to be able to uh, to reciprocate that, so I hope that that will happen. Yeah, I'm I'm curious what you would tell a young woman, particularly starting out now. What kind of advice would you give? Something that maybe you wish someone had told you early on, uh, or something that you'd want to say to a young dancer in 2019, 2020 about the career ahead of them. Wow, it's such a different world, the ballet world, than when I was when I started out. So it's it's hard, you know. There's so many people creating um, careers for themselves online <laughs> that it's become even very, ballet careers well yeah I mean there's a lot of like I sense more hip-hop and pop no and that a kind ballet of, no. for sure like um, you know companies are looking at how many followers dancers have and what they it's it's crazy mm-hmm. yeah and um, I think that you know that's just such a departure from anything that I <laughs> grew up with but I would say that um, that really nothing, uh, none of that. There's no quick. Uh, there's no quick fix to becoming, you know, um, either a principal dancer or or having a wonderful career in the company. I mean, it's it's every day. It's the work has to be put in, and um, I think now we're used to getting things like that. And there's a certain um, with the younger generation, maybe a certain. Um, uh, impatience with not having things right away and getting the roles and you know no one's entitled to anything and I think that if you put the work in and you and you put you know all that that is required then things will come you know but nothing can take the place of that and certainly things like experience on stage I mean we can talk about it till the cows come home but really if you're not on stage and doing it it's there's nothing that takes the place of that you know and um so I would say you know to just um plug on (laughs) and also um you know I mean I look at my career and there is there's no one does it alone you know I I credited Magdalena of course my family of course my husband the countless partners that I've that I've worked with over the years that have like supported me um literally and figuratively (laughs) um and I I didn't get here by myself you know so I think it's really important to surround yourself with the people that are going to be um that are going to support you and and help you to achieve what you want to achieve you know and I don't think anybody does it alone so well you've certainly given us at the national arts center an enormous amount of beauty and and wonderful (laughs) performing for so many years and i really thank you and uh, i look forward to having crypto here next year and yeah we're really excited and to watching your career with uh, with great interest and maybe we'll get you back in the studio uh, when you're here for crypto to talk about uh, what you did what you did after your life at the National Ballet, maybe eating a hot chocolate cake all to yeah, yourself. Yeah, maybe or I'm going to go on a vacation. You don't know. You don't know. <laughs> that would be good. That would be good. Yeah. I really thank you for your time, Greta. Thanks. Thanks. That's all for this NEC Dance Podcast. Send us your comments and questions by email at necpodcasts at gmail.com. And don't forget, you can subscribe to NEC Podcasts at necpodcasts.ca. 
You can also find us as a free subscription in the podcast section of the iTunes Music Store. Until next time, goodbye from Canada's National Arts Centre. This has been a National Arts Centre podcast. Send us your comments and questions. Email us at nacpodcasts at gmail.com. Visit the podcast section of the iTunes store, where you can rate and comment on this podcast. We love to hear from you. Remember, you can find more great NEC podcasts at necpodcast.ca, or search on National Arts Centre on iTunes and subscribe for free. Until next time, goodbye from Canada's National Arts Centre.